Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. Have you ever had an encounter that kind of, you know, an encounter with someone that that just altered you? I mean, that it maybe it messed you up. You just walked away. You couldn't get this encounter out of your mind. It was something that it just, it, it, it gnawed at you. And maybe it was a, maybe it was a great thing. Maybe it was something where you were just like, huh, I've never thought of that. Or, or maybe it was something that it just bothered you. Right. Um, the Bible's actually full of stories of people that had those kind of encounters with God life changing encounters. You know, for Abraham, it was God saying, Hey, take your family and move somewhere. I'm not going to tell you yet. (laughs) Um, that would mess me up. (laughs) You know, for, for Jacob, God showed up in the middle of the night and wrestled with him all night long. And Jacob never walked the same after that. Uh, you know, for, for, for the woman at the well, You know, she came to the well in midday because she was ashamed of who she was and her past. And she had this encounter with Jesus that caused her to go into town and tell everybody about Jesus. You know, you think of, of, um, of Moses there with the burning bush and God calling him to go back where he had fled from. Or you think of Saul on the road to Damascus to, to persecute Christians and then becoming one of those Christians, those kind of changes, you know, God, God does these things. And we're going to look at a story today that involves Andrew and Peter and their first encounter uh, with Jesus. Now, when, uh, when Matt preached the, 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 ser- the sermon series on unstoppable church, and I'm looking forward to him picking up on that again, you know, we, we heard about Peter and Peter was this dynamic church leader, this miracle worker, this powerful man of God, but he didn't start out that way. He was a, he was a, a rough, uneducated, ordinary fisherman. And, and that change didn't happen overnight. It was a journey, you know? And if you've, if you've, how many of you've watched The Chosen? Okay. Uh, oh, some of you need to get, mm. anyway, season one, episode three. And those of you that have seen it, you know what I'm talking about already. The scene where, where the, the miraculous catch of fish and, and Peter becomes a follower of Jesus. But what you may not realize is that wasn't Peter's first encounter with Jesus. All right. And we're going to look in John chapter one, John chapter one, and we're going to start at verse 35. We're going to see for Andrew and Peter, and and one of those awkward, perplexing encounters with Jesus. So John 1, 35, it says this, the following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there's the Lamb of God. 
When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Let's pray and then we're going to dig into this. Lord, thank you for recording events like this. Thank you for giving us these glimpses into the journeys of these, these men. And thank you for the truths that we can learn from this and, and just help us to apply it to our lives and let us, help us to hear you speak to us today. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me give you a little bit of background, okay? So it's talking about John. We're reading in the book of John, and John was one of Jesus' disciples, but those are all different people. There's a lot of Johns in the Bible. Matter of fact, he says, you know, Peter was the son of John. So there's a whole bunch of Johns. So the John he's talking about is the one that we know as John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. Um, I think in The Chosen, he, Peter calls him Crazy John. Um, and so the John had disciples. That was common for teachers in those days. So people were following him and learning from him. And John was preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he was attracting all kinds of crowds. And he was, he was baptizing the, the people who repented. In fact, two days prior to what we just read, the Pharisees Actually, the, the Pharisees from the temple, they sent some people out to ask John, who, who are you? Who, what do you, you know, what is your authority for doing this? Are you the Messiah? And John's like, no, as a matter of fact, let's, uh, let's look at John's response uh, to that. He said, um, go ahead to that next slide. He said, John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be a slave and untie the straps of his sandal. So it was, it was kind of confusing to them. Well, a day later, John's teaching again and his disciples are there and Jesus comes along and John says, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He's the one I was talking about. Right? So, so his disciples, they're, they're like, oh, okay, now understand when he says this about the Lamb of God, this is almost the time of Passover. And, and during the time of Passover, the Jewish people, they're going to, every family is going to have a lamb. They're going to sacrifice that lamb. They're going to celebrate Passover to remember how God delivered them from, from, uh, from Egypt and became their, their salvation. And so when John says, look, there's the lamb of God. That wasn't just an expression. That was, that was huge. 
And so that brings us to our passage. And the very next day, his disciples are talking to him. I think they were probably saying, now, what was this about the Lamb of God? What, what is this that you were talking about? And John goes, oh, there he is. There's the Lamb of God. And so they leave John and start following Jesus. Okay. <laughs> now, this passage, this passage to us almost seems a little awkward because, you know, here these these people start following Jesus, these strangers. Now, you've taught your kids, you know, beware of strangers. And all of a sudden, if you see somebody following you, it's a little creepy, you know? Um, but that wasn't the way in this, this context or this, this society, that was actually pretty normal. And, and then, you know, then, <laughs> then when Jesus asked them about it, they say, where are you staying? Again, to us, that's like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't know who you are. But understand what this meant in those days. Remember, they didn't have textbooks. They didn't have libraries. They didn't have schools. There were some some libraries of scrolls and all that, but most people couldn't get there. They couldn't go there. Um, The way people would learn in those days is they would follow someone. They would hang out with them. They would watch what they did. They would observe how they handled situations. They would learn, they would listen to them teach, but they would also watch them put those teachings into practice. It actually is a a really great way to learn. And so as they're doing this, it it wasn't awkward at all. But Jesus looks to them and says, what do you want? What do you want? Now, again, we don't know the tone of voice he used. We don't know what his inflection was like. You know, um, we, don't, we don't know whether he was like, why are you following me? What do you want? Or whether he was just kind of like, what do you want? Uh, we, don't, we don't know. But the, the idea here, I love this because the question really cuts to the bone. Think about it. What do you want? I think Jesus asked us that same question. What is it that we want? Really? Why are we here? You know, last week, Matt talked about how a lot of times young parents, you know, they'll drift away from God and then they'll, they'll get kids and go, oh no, I need to raise my kids in church. And they come to church so their kids don't turn out heathen. All right. Why do we call ourselves Christians? Why why have we chosen to align ourselves with Jesus? Now, let's be honest, okay? I'm going to get real personal here. A lot of people, a lot of people choose to follow Jesus because they don't want to go to hell. They heard some preacher that was talking about hell. You don't want to go there. You want to go to heaven where it's great. You don't want to go to hell where it's eternal torment. How do I, how do I get that? And, and that's how they responded. And that's what they want is to avoid hell. Some people, <laughs> uh, so, some people want to be free of their guilt. I've messed up. I've done a lot, a lot of bad things. I want to be free of that. Jesus can set me free, which he can. Right? Some people want to get out of trouble. Lord, I'm in trouble. If you get me out of this, I promise I'll serve you from now on. Some people want to just feel better about themselves. 
I don't feel good enough. I, maybe you were raised where you were, you were constantly beaten down emotionally and you just want to feel better about yourself and, and you heard God loves you and it's like, I, I want to feel better about myself. And, and some people, they want you know, they, they just want approval. Some people want blessing. They, they've heard, hey, if you serve God, he's going to bless you. He's going to make your business go great. He's going to make your marriage go great. He's going to make your kids turn out perfect. By the way, that doesn't work so well. Um, what do all those things have in common? They're all focused on me. Jesus is what he wants. An authentic encounter with Jesus will challenge our motivations. It will challenge our motivations. It really will. Have we really chosen to follow him? Have we chosen to have a relationship with him? Or are we just using him? Some of you needed to hear that. What Jesus is saying to you today is stop. Stop using me. I don't want to be your Amazon when you need something or want something. I want a relationship with you. I know you. I love you. I want what's best for you. And I want you to want me. So what do you want? Well, let's get back to the story here. They, you know, Jesus asked this question. And to us, it doesn't look like they answer because all they do is they say, Rabbi, Now, you know, again, we don't understand this, but calling Jesus rabbi was saying that they wanted to follow him and learn from him. Uh, Most of the time, you know, it's actually really rare when, when we see in the scriptures, Jesus calling his disciples. Most of the time, the disciples picked who that was going to disciple them. They chose their rabbi. And that's what they're doing here. They're choosing. They're saying, we want you to teach us. We want to learn from you. And Jesus validates that by inviting them to come. He affirms their desire to follow him. And then it says in verse 39 that um, they spent the rest of the day with him. All right. He he said it was about four in the afternoon. They went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him for the rest of the day. Now, what I think is interesting here is that it doesn't tell us what they did. The scripture doesn't tell us how Jesus started this discipleship thing. We, you know, we, we, we're, we're in this discipleship grid and we're, we're talking about making disciples and we don't know what Jesus did. It's probably a good thing because we try to just do exactly that. And, and they may have, you know, he may have taught them. He may have actually been working on some carpentry stuff and said, hey, hand me that hammer. And they're watching him work. We don't know. We just know that they spent the rest of the day with him, observing him, learning from him. And we do know what happens next, because in verse 41, that's when it says, Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we found the Messiah, which means the Christ. Now, understand Andrew's background. He's a good Jewish boy. He probably went to Torah school. He learned the the scriptures um, that they had. He would have known about the covenant. He would have known about the promises of the Messiah. These were things he would have grown up with. But now it's becoming real to him. These aren't just stories. 
He's here. The Messiah is real. He's here. And and it's just so much that he can't help but share it with somebody else. And so he goes to his brother, who he works with. (laughs) You know, they're fishermen together. And he gets Peter and he brings it. Now, Jesus, (laughs) Jesus does that for us. It's the, same, it's the same for us. When we discover his unconditional love, his grace, his forgiveness, his peace that's greater than our circumstances, when we truly experience him, we can't help but share it. We can't, it just flows out of us. It's our natural response. I promise you. I promise you, if you picked up a lottery ticket off the ground, because you're not going to buy it, and, um, and, and it was the winning lottery ticket, and you won multi- multiple million dollars, there's some people you wouldn't tell because you don't want them to know, but you would tell somebody. You would tell somebody because you'd be so excited about it. Something way greater than that is part of our life. How can we not share that? And he wasn't just content for Peter to know about Jesus. He wanted him to meet Jesus. So he went and got him and brought him to Jesus. And I will tell you, like Andrew, our response to an authentic encounter with Jesus is to help others share that experience. An authentic encounter with Jesus will impact our associations. Okay. Now let me tell you what this looks like, because there's, there's some different ways it's going to impact our associations. Some of our relationships, when, when we come to know Christ, some of our relationships aren't going to survive that. I'll tell you why, because the closer you get to the light, the more the darkness flees. And, and some of your relationships are so embedded in darkness that they're not going to want to be around you because it does overflow. All right. Um, some relationships actually could sabotage your faith. And you may find yourself in a position where you need to back off or even terminate that relationship. All right. If it's toxic, that you may have to do that. You also will start discovering that you form new relationships. And so the community of the body of Christ, and you start to be around other believers and you are encouraged and and excited about that, you might get into a relationship where you're being mentored or taught by someone. And so those new relationships are there. But I think the one I'm most excited about and the one we see here is that sometimes God uses you in the lives of others. And even, even as new disciples you can start making disciples, right? So as you learn about Jesus and that overflows to others, as you have, you know, again, those relationships you have when you are coworkers with somebody, I loved it. I heard a story yesterday of someone who comes to church here, and I'm not going to mention names because I didn't get permission, but someone who comes to church here. And the reason she started coming to church here was because she saw a change in somebody she worked with who was coming to church here. And as God was working in that person's life to change that, it impacted this person. And that's the way God works. And Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. 
So, so I think what God would be saying to some of you today, he's just saying, follow me. Let's hang out. Get to know me. Discover who I am and let it overflow to others. Bring your friends along because I care about them too. No, we we saw that in the, in the gospels when Jesus called Matthew to be his disciple. He told him, he said, oh, I'm going to come to your house for dinner. Get all your friends together. You know, God works that way. All right. So, so let's come back here. Andrew gets Peter and Peter meets Jesus. And, and we don't know exactly what it just says. Andrew brings Peter to Jesus and it says that Jesus looked at him intently um, we don't know what Peter was thinking. Uh, we don't know if Peter was hesitant. We don't know if Peter was reluctant. We don't know if Peter is like, this is a waste of time. We don't know if, if Andrew had brought Peter to meet John and Peter's like, yeah, fine. You can follow him. I'm not interested. We don't know any of that. We just know that Peter comes and then it says that Jesus looked at him intently. Now, um, <laughs> I think that that term loses something in translation. Uh, it, it was an uncomfortable yet intimate moment. And um, I'm going to do something we don't normally do. I want to show you a, a movie clip um, that I think really kind of brings to life the emotion and the, the intensity and the tenderness of this. So if, if you'll roll that clip, please. That was from the, the movie Hook. If you know, it's an older movie, but and obviously Jesus is not a little lost boy. But I believe he looked into Peter's eyes, looked straight into his eyes. I believe he he smiled at him or on him, and I believe that it was this this moment. I think his eyes probably twinkled, and then then he says something really fascinating, because um, he he says your name or you are, you are Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas or Peter. Now, Simon means one who listens. Cephas means rock. And, and the significance of this, um, again, in the Jewish culture, your name was not just what you were called. Your name represented your character. Right? And, and you see this in, throughout Scripture. Whenever God would call somebody, often he would change their name. He changed Abram's name from Abram to Abraham. He changed Saul's name from Saul to Paul. And he changes Peter's name from Simon to Peter because Jesus knew what was ahead. 
And he was letting Peter know that he would never be the same. Jesus saw Peter as he was and as he would be. And he sees us the same way. Now, was Peter's change instant? Did it happen at that moment? No. Was everything different from that moment on? No. Did Peter understand all of it right then? No. Did Jesus give Peter a detailed plan? This is what it's going to look like? No. He didn't provide all the answers for his questions. In fact, he probably created more questions. Was Peter all in? Maybe not at this point. But I would venture to say that something clicked. Something clicked at that moment. A seed was planted that would grow into something great. There was a feeling Peter had that he just couldn't shake. And it was the beginning of a journey that would radically transform him. And here's the life lesson. An authentic encounter with Jesus will initiate our transformation. It starts something happening in us that begins change. We begin to become a different person. And that's what some of you, some of you need today. You need to hear Jesus telling you, I know who you are. I see you. I know what you've done. I know your past. I see past your walls. I know what you're hiding. I know all about you. And I love you. I know who you are, but I also know who you will be. What I've designed you to be. So what do we do with all this? I want to wrap up by telling you about this picture. All right. Um, The picture they're about to put on the screen. It's a younger me baptizing a boy. Um, This boy seemed to understand the story of Jesus. He prayed a prayer. He wanted to be baptized. And so I got to baptize him. And if you don't recognize that boy, his name's Matt Smith. He's your pastor. Is it not up there? Oh, no. Oh, that's too bad. He's, he's here. Yeah. Well, it's down here. You'll have to see it later. There he is. Oh, isn't he cute? He had hair back then. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's Matt. Now, many of you have heard Matt's testimony, and you're probably going, wait a minute. I thought Matt got saved as a teenager. Okay? And I... I talked with Matt and verified this. See, as a child, he knew about Jesus. He accepted the story of Jesus as being true. But as a teenager, he encountered Jesus. Every journey as a Jesus follower begins with an authentic encounter with Jesus. Probably not a physical one like Andrew and Peter had. You might not get blinded by a light or see a burning bush, but there's some kind of physical or some kind of encounter, some moment when it becomes clear that Jesus is more than a story. It challenges our priorities. It impacts our associations. It initiates our transformation. It's not my goal here to make anybody doubt their salvation. 
If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you've had that encounter, that's awesome. And, and God wants to use you. But some of you grew up in church and you've known about Jesus most of your life. You may have prayed a prayer that somebody led you through. You may have been baptized. You may even have served, but never truly encountered him. Jesus said on that day, there's going to be people that says, but Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do this? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. For some of you in here, this is all new. And maybe this is, this is that encounter where you walk away and you go, I don't know what that's about, but there was something. And God's just going to work on you and bring you there. But as we... As, as the band comes back and we sing, I want to invite you, come to the altar. There's nothing magical about this area. But God wants to meet you. Jesus wants, to, wants you to encounter him. Maybe, maybe today is your day. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the story. Thank you for the, the, the narrative of how these guys encountered you. And Lord, I, I just pray, I pray today that someone might come and realize for the first time that you are real and that you want a relationship with them. Move as only you can. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.